When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Do not go gentle into that good night. Poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. I was trying to tell a story. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. This is how to write a good short story. No hope, just booze and madness. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Now... Lend me your ears. Hello, and welcome to Literati, a comedy podcast about writing, reading, books, authors, and all that other stuff you haven't done or thought about since you were a little kid in school. Yeah, we found great success in having a podcast where the premise itself reminds people of homework. You definitely want to make sure the premise of your podcast is something that turns the casual podcast listener away immediately. Saying that your podcast is about books is sort of like having a sign on your front lawn that says trespassers will be shot on sight. But that works for us because honestly, if you're the type of person who just mindlessly browses for any old podcast or any old thing that they can casually enjoy and half listen to while doing chores around the house, literati is not for you. We don't have fun segments or big celebrity guests or even a single interesting perspective on anything. Just hardcore passion for books and writing. So if you can't hang, you can fuck right off. But if you have decided to stick it out with us, we know you're as dedicated to the wonderful world of literature as we are. And with that, let's get into it. No more wasting time. Let's start talking about literature right now. But before we do that, Colin, can you and I just shoot the shit for a little bit? Oh, yeah, of course, Michael. What's going on? Uh, I just, like, feel like we've been so busy with the podcast, I haven't had a chance to say, how are you? Oh, I mean, I wish I could say good, but mm. I've been having a kind of a tough go of it recently. I, You don't look good. No, I... Look ill? Is that what you're, what you're gonna... Something it seems off. Like I've been crying a lot? Yeah, maybe. maybe that's it. The eyes are red and the cheeks are wet. Mm. And you both seem to like be gaunt, like you haven't been eating, but then in other places, too fat. Oh, okay. Well, part of the problem, I lost my job recently, Michael. Oh, yeah. scoot. That sucks. Yeah, scoot indeed. Yeah. What happened? Well, the so you know how I was working at uh you know the the retail I was working at a retail store yeah the unnamed retail store yeah well it for we, legal reasons yeah well it it didn't do well it was it was a <laughs> leather apparel for babies yeah yeah uh-huh. uh, they had like leather uh, diapers bids, leather, leather diapers yeah, leather onesies yeah leather baby Bjorns what happened stuff. you guys sold out of all your- <laughs> no I mean you'd think because it's a great idea yeah. Uh, but no, uh, they they didn't sell anything, and it it shut down. People hated it, and so the the company actually went under, and and now I'm out of a job again. Oh, that stinks! Yeah. Were you, wait, I thought you were a professional writer. Well, so the truth is, I have to support my writing with other jobs. I don't know if oh. you are you. I don't know if you're a similar sort of. I am similar yeah. in that I just I recently well things aren't going so well for me. The oh, job's no. just one part of it. Oh no! What's going on? I got caught cheating on my blood tests. work. Oh yeah. What did what did you, what you say you had? Like I went to the doctor and to... I was doing a whole slew of blood tests just to see what uh-huh. <laughs> diseases, just to see what's right. <laughs> went to the doctor. Well, just, you knew you knew you know something's not right. I with knew you. something wasn't right, and so I went to yeah. kind of just get a full rundown. Yeah. And my doctor found out that I was switching out monkey. <laughs> so you did. You know, I was switch. Sorry, I was switching out monkey blood for my blood. So, sort of like I didn't ha- want them to know that I had all the diseases I had. <laughs> also, I wanted to impress my doctor. And were they initially? Well, they were impressed because they kept saying, well, how are you alive? Yeah. Because um, monkey's blood is very 
different. And don't ask me where I got it. You've also used the monkey's urine when you had to do drug tests. At, and at in your... a lot of my art, a lot of my performance <laughs> art. So anyway, yeah. without that, I lost my job of, uh, you know, being a high school teacher. Oh, I'm so we're both uh, out of work. Yeah, I needed to prove that I didn't have scarlet fever. <laughs> And now was I, that, I that can't something that was it. like going around at the school? Yeah, a lot of the kids have gotten it because I'd ask them to stay late and I just sort of invaded their personal space while I yelled at them. And so they got, quote unquote, my scarlet fever. And, you know, I was also teaching economics, which if you know anything about me, I am not good with money. So no, famously not good with money. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's part of the the stru- Do you mean famously because my dad is a billionaire. Yeah, and and yeah, I lost all of it for him and me. You, yeah, yeah, and you guys aren't on speaking terms anymore, correct? Famously, no. Famously, no. Yeah, and it, I mean, it happened in a viral TED talk. <laughs> the TED talk went viral. Oh, I wish I had time to get into this. All <laughs> I gotta say is, don't do a TED talk with your dad together jointly, and then bring up how you lost all the family's money. During that TED that's talk. That's when, that's the moment you chose to tell him? I thought that, that, that T and Ted stood for truth. But it turns out it's it just stands for Ted. Ted, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I guess what we're getting at is that sometimes when you're a, a writer or a creative person, you, you got to find other ways to support yourself, that's you know? True. The money doesn't, it doesn't always come uh, from the writing. But the know? good thing is we're not the only authors who have had to take jobs in the past. No, that's true. And it's something that I like to, I take comfort in that. You know, I mean, you think about authors like Virginia Woolf, John Steinbeck, Emily Bronte, and the wonderfully, wonderfully talented Dan Brown. Mm. And it's hard to think of them doing anything other than just writing great works of literature that we all know and love. I mean, I think about that all the time. We forget that before these authors struck it big, they often had to work day jobs to support themselves. Like Dickens was a factory worker. Dostoevsky was an engineer. And I assume Dr. Seuss was, you know, a dentist. Probably some sort of medical professional, at I least. I assume yeah. so. Point is, a writer needs to also have life experiences to write about. So in a way... Having a life or a profession outside of writing is good for writing. Like Bukowski, for example. He wrote a book called Post Office about his time working for the Postal Service. And I guess when you think about it, Colin, you and I are no different. We've held down many jobs in our day that have influenced our writing. That's true. I mean, I, for one, uh, worked in restaurants since I was in high school. And this experience came in very handy when writing my first novel, Eating In. Simple recipes for great home-cooked meals. Mm. And, you know, I used to spend my summers working as a lifeguard, and then I mined these experiences when writing my book to all the people who drowned on my watch. A memoir. And, you know, I guess while we're talking about it, I was also a, a legal clerk once, and, and that professional experience was particularly helpful when writing uh, my opening statement for that time I took my landlord to small claims court. Yeah, so you pull from all these different moments. I used to be the head animal tickler at the zoo, and now I'm really good at describing animal attacks in my writing. You are very good at that, Michael. I pride myself yeah. on it. Yeah, <laughs> Well, what was the one of the the books that you've written? Uh, these animal texts. Well, the scenes. In. The book is called uh, "Tomorrow's Dream," and it's about a family who goes to war. But the, <laughs> which was their dream? <laughs> yeah, that was their dream. But the scene in it that I pulled from um, was when the youngest child, John, gets <laughs> gets his face torn up by a monkey. <laughs> Which, which was incredibly descriptive. It came out of nowhere in the book. Yeah, <laughs> the monkey just came and then left. It and didn't then it really did. tie into no. the <laughs> plot per se, but, but it was one of my favorite scenes to it, write. I, I because, think it was the most well-written scene in the book, and it wasn't really a written scene as much as it was a videotape that I <laughs> yeah. kind of taped into the book. I kind of took a cell phone. And taped it into the middle of the manuscript. It was, a, it was ahead of, of its time. Of me getting my face ripped up. It was ahead of its time. By a monkey. Anyway, I was also once writing a book where the main character was a woman who worked at a clothing store. So for the sake of research, I got a job at Forever 21. And the experience was great. And it really helped me bring that character to life. 
But then I realized that the husband of the main character was a projectionist at an independent movie theater. So two weeks in, I had to quit my job at Forever 21, which they were not happy about because in my interview, they said they were looking for only people interested in long-term employment. Did not part ways on good terms. Anyway, started working at the movie theater, which really helped me flesh out that husband character. But then I realized that the best friend of the main character also worked at the same clothing store as the main character. So I had to quit my cinema job, again, they were not happy about the short notice, and ask for my job at Forever 21 back. My old manager at Forever 21 pretty much chewed me out for 30 minutes straight, but eventually said that they did have an opening if I wanted the job but that I really couldn't pull this kind of bullshit ever again. I said, of course, of course, it won't happen again. So now I'm working at Forever 21 and great character development for my book and all that good stuff. But then it occurs to me that the character has a strained relationship with her father, who, of course, is a butcher. So to make a long story only slightly less long, huge fight with my manager at Forever 21 when I tell them I'm quitting again. And to make matters worse, the butcher shop I started working at, right next to the cinema I used to work at for research for the husband character. So now I'm always seeing my old movie theater boss, and it's very uncomfortable. I'm getting a lot of nasty looks. Eventually, I'm like, hey, I'm making more enemies than friends with all this work experience research for my novel. So in the end, I just decided to make the rest of the characters in the novel not have jobs. It just seemed easier that way. So what happened with the book? I just gave up on it. I couldn't really figure out the story. Cool. I used to be a bodybuilder, and now lifting up a pen is easy for me. Oh, cool. And speaking of interesting life experiences, I am so excited for today's guest because they are in the middle of one of my favorite life experiences, being a high schooler. They're going to be reading their retelling of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Please welcome Hewlett J. Packard. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Chapter 1. Breasts. It was a midsummer's day. Warm. The faint breeze crossed Peter's blossoming mustache hairs, nearly two millimeters in length. Light brown, like the color of the hair on his head. Only lighter. Peter stood guard over his siblings while they squandered away yet another midday lunch with trivial, infantilized pursuits. His siblings, ages eight, nine, and ten, were all far less developed than he. Peter, now fifteen and a half years of age, had spent the spring break developing both his mind and body. In the two-week span, he had turned from boy to man. Thin but sturdy underarm hairs had taken root, in addition to a jubilant appreciation of the musings of Machiavelli and Ayn Rand. He would have gone online and become the moderator of a politically active men's rights subreddit, but unfortunately this all takes place during World War II. Peter was lost in thought imagining a world where private property reigned supreme, when all of a sudden he noticed his siblings had gathered around a large wardrobe in their house. The eerie, scary, and daunting wardrobe perched in the fashion of something downright horrifying. Peter, now steeled to the harsh reality of the world after reading a number of articles, looked directly inside the wardrobe. While his siblings gasped in astonishment upon seeing that instead of a normal wardrobe, this wardrobe opened up to a fantasy world. Peter, on the other hand, did not react at all. In fact, he knew there was likely a perfectly logical explanation. Just then, Peter's governess, Sarah, a buxom 24-year-old beauty of medium build, walked past the doorway into the room with the wardrobe. Her breasts anxiously pressed against one another through her shirt. Two big, round mounds atop her torso, in the fashion of eyes upon the face. Only lower and with becoming heft, such that they produced rotund, nearly globular, apple-sized manifestations of God-given elegance and pure erotic arousal. Her butt, 
though invisible because it was on the other side of her, was certainly moving in tandem with the rest of her body as well. The fleshy mounds of her natural lower cheeks, dipping and spinning atop her legs in the fashion of similar to, if not exactly like the mode upon which the eyes sit on the face, commanding all other eyes to caress it with pure fascination and breathless wonder. Sarah looked at Peter and his siblings and began to walk toward them. Peter, torn between the appreciation of Sarah's majestic form and the pure, unadulterated joy of his personal autonomy, stood dumbfounded but steadfast in his adulthood. Sarah looked inside the wardrobe and her jaw dropped. She immediately left, leaving Peter and his siblings alone. With Peter now alone to look after his three lesser siblings, he makes a quick gesture, shutting the wardrobe completely. He looks directly into the sad eyes of his brother and sisters, and kindly but with manly assertion tells them to grow up. Peter, having taught a valuable life lesson about the unimportance of human imagination, rewards himself with a stroll outside. Chapter 2. A Gentleman's Stroll Peter, now fully engaged in his afternoon stroll, notices a sopping wet river directly before him. The water, swollen with its own wetness, flows hard and deep down the natural path it has sown. Yes, Peter has gone through puberty, so nothing phases him, least of all this. Just then, he comes across his gorgeous, barely legal neighbor. Her athletic, sexy, natural, and beautiful silhouette is first apparent, though her entire body is fully illuminated by the sunlight which is directly cast on her. Peter then notices her curvaceous neck, arms, hips breasts, lips, eyes, hair, calves, and breasts. Her blouse obscured her rippling librarian, pillowy, ice cream cone-shaped, shiny, creamy, mountain-top, kitten-ripe boobies. If her breasts could speak, they would have the very librarian-like voice. But this librarian would not tell you to be quiet but rather to be louder, stronger, and more purely in your elemental alpha male mentality. This librarian who is, yes, an imagined personification of the breasts of a woman I have not even named, would also have a voluptuous bust herself. Peter's neighbors had jugs like a plump mango, and Peter wanted nothing more than to emotionally manipulate them, as well as the brain attached to them via nervous system. The breasts, I mean. Her expansive, cream-white, chicken-drum thighs danced like silks in the wind. In fact, now it became clear that something was wrong with her. Her calves pouted with haughty indifference, in a way that made it unclear exactly what was wrong with her, but clear enough that she needed immediate help. Peter, ever a gentleman, found out that she had fallen and broken every bone in her body while she was ambling through the woods with femininity. Luckily, he had experience treating sports injuries and knew exactly how to help his lass. The neighbor looked directly into Peter's strong, secure, masculine, broad-as-a-house face and thanked him, immediately pressing her lips, eyes, and hair against his entire body. Peter then decided to go his own way. The end. Hi everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app.
Wow. Hewlett J. Packard, thank you so much for that reading. That was fantastic. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> I have a, a bunch of questions, and I think first would be, um, so you wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes, I rewrote it in its entirety. Okay, that's so interesting. The whole book you rewrote. Yes, I've I've cut out all of the unnecessary details and I've rewritten it for a more adult audience. Oh, uh, a teenager writing for an adult audience. So you must must feel pretty well, uh, uh, advanced for your age. Well, let me stop you right there. Believe it or not, the human body is completely finished developing at the age of 13. I did not know that. I was yes. a bit of a, a late bloomer and I'm just sort of I'd say budding now. Um but there, I, 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 I'm not going to say that you're a liar. I'm just going to say that it took me longer to catch up. Mm. There's always exceptions to the rule. Well, there's the body, and then of course the mind. Mm. Yes, and yeah. uh, my doctor says I still have several more decades until my mind fully becomes an adult, capable of making decisions and conscious thought. I've had a doctor who once told me that I could be in Mensa. Oh my gosh, wow. that's really okay. impressive. Mensa is definitely uh, still held up as a, a totem of intellectualism in this that's country. That's exactly right. Now, so I know there's a lot of writers who will say, rewrite The Great Gatsby word for word just to feel in mm. their bones what it's like to, to write a great novel. But you decided to improve upon this famous novel. Yes, and it, quite frankly, it was very easy to do. The original by C.S. Lewis is quite frankly one of the worst books ever written. It's very boring. I, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of the. I, I read all those books. It was a good way for me to sort of secretly be indoctrinated by Christianity. I, I mm. liked I liked Hewlett's uh, version much better okay. personally. I like my version much better as well as well as my online community who adored it. Okay, so you have fans. Okay, yes, I do. And how would uh, people like, I don't know, podcasters, literary podcasters, be able to get their podcast out to people who might enjoy it? How Well, I can't speak for them. Okay. All I can say is that you need to forge your own path. So maybe we have to, maybe we could find something that we could improve upon in the podcast. Maybe we do like a, do our own version of like a Mark Marin, like our own take on. That sounds on exhausting. That, yeah. So uh, do you just have like a Reddit page you could link us to that we could post our stuff on? Yes. Or you can go to my personal Twitter account. Okay. The username is Hewlett. Okay. Packard. Great. Underscore. Okay. M R six nine six underscore. Okay. R. Oh, shoot. Underscore. H P underscore dark mage. (laughs) Okay, great. I'm going to listen back to this. In a couple of weeks when I get my new iPhone shipped the, to me. The beginning part of it was very straightforward. And then the last half of it seemed like one of those uh, those like uh, internet passwords you, that just come with the box. Uh, mm, I don't follow. Just, uh, so when yeah. you see that string of numbers and letters, your mind recognizes it instantly. Instantaneously. And wow. as does my online community. Okay. okay so this it's is a moniker I've had for years, in fact. I'm going to just jump right into it. Hewlett, you must be one of the smartest high schoolers I ever dang met. Well, yes. Tell me a little bit about, are, are you bored in high school? <laughs> I like that he knows that he's one of the smartest high schoolers you've ever met. I mean, definitely one of the most confident. <laughs> and I like that about him. You know what? I, I've read many articles. I've read many books. And quite frankly, they cannot teach you what I've learned living one day as a true alpha male. Yeah, I was going to say you, both in your writing and sort of in the way that you've been pushing Colin and I around the studio, you've really been asserting <laughs> yeah. your dominance yeah. and I'm terrified. I'm not even a beta, I'm a delta. You've I had have... your fists up the entire time and yes. anytime one of us asks you a question, you quickly turn and your fists are like right in our face. That's because yeah. it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you kind of are coming at this from this scientific, almost biological understanding. And you yes. know... Hmm, That's okay. exactly right. As a male, we are operators in the world. We work on fear and strength. Period. End of discussion. Okay. I, I, I do want to bring up that you mentioned this men's rights activist stuff. Mm. Is that just, was that just a reference from one of the characters? That's not something that you're really peddling in. Well, it is, in fact, yes. Okay. I mean, I, I do want to push back a little bit mm-hmm. as a, 
one of the most loud spoken. What is there to push back on? Well, I'm one of the most loud spoken male feminists online, and I just want to say that. There is no such thing as a male feminist. Well, I, I just think that a lot of that movement, this men's rights activist, they already have everything that they're trying to get. You know, they're, the the men have this patriarchal power. And as a 17 year old, mm, you've, I encourage you to go online and just open up your eyes. OK, well, you know what? I could try and push back or, or give you um some. Uh, logical uh, reason and uh, discourse, but instead I'm just going to listen to you, someone who's younger and more confident than I am. You know, I have a simile, a metaphor to kind of illuminate what it's like. Well, this is the place oh, for it. I can't it. wait to hear yeah. it, yeah. Now, a dog sure. does not live as long as a human being. We all know this. A man lives a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where is he going with this? If, because I am 17, you think that I am not well-read, smart, brilliant, strong, and confident. And handsome. And handsome as well, to boot. Then you do not clearly study dogs like I do. I mean, he's got you there, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I feel utterly foolish. And I didn't follow that. But again, I once I get my new iPod in the mail, I will listen to that and I will write it down and I'll figure out what it I means. have a question I need to ask. Okay. Have you ever taken up space? Oh, I mean, uh, I can tell the answer is no. I, yeah, well, I, I, my, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting my, pretty hunched over. I tend to sprawl out in my when twin bed. I am walk into a room, I immediately look at it the areas in it that I can acquiesce, that I can take on as my own private property. But what if, you know, there are other people using that space or people who could maybe take that up if but they're not being as aggressive? I'm sorry. That's just not how the animal kingdom works. Would you say you're like colonizing that space? Yes, that's the exact language I would use. <sighs> and you do, you plant a flag. You bring a bunch of flags and like plant them all over? Yes, in fact, here is the flag that I use. Oh, oh wait, no, 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 okay. I, yeah, this uh, is the Forever Dog yeah, slash Literati podcast Unfortunately, office. the flag has been mounted. Oh, come oh. on, I mean, there's got to be something we can do, Heal something it. we can work out, Please. you know. Well, you can pay me. Okay, yeah, Okay. I'd gladly be, uh, you know, I, I guess we'd say you were our king and we would Unfortunately, be... Unfortunately, your... the amount of money that would be owed to me would have to take into account the decades and centuries of male oppression. Okay, now, Hewlett, I, I feel like we can come to a more reasonable agreement for, uh, you know, maybe... $1,000 a month? Yeah. Mm, yes, that sounds reasonable to me. Okay, okay, great. So, Michael, maybe if, uh, you know, I give up my apartment and we become roommates, and then with the money we I mean, save on my apartment... It's already pretty uh, squished in my twin bed, but I could stop taking up so much space in that, and we could okay. make it work. So we sleep in the same bed, and then, you know, the money we Head save on my apartment, yeah. Yeah, we, we put it towards yeah. this. Okay. There's nothing wrong with sleeping in a twin-sized bed. Well. So long as you have a laptop. Yeah, well, I definitely am going to be getting we, a laptop in the mail pretty soon. We might have to sell it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Listen, we'll deal with the money stuff. We yeah. don't want to bore you with that. I yeah. think our listeners probably have a lot of questions. Mm. Like, mm. when did you start writing, and what's it like to be so smart in high school? Well, it's a double-edged sword. Do you collect swords? Yes, I do. That doesn't surprise me. I've collected just, many swords. You were just referring to the one you're holding right now? Yes. After you uh, claimed our, our uh, studio? Well, you see, let me explain why it's called a double-edged sword. Okay. Because on the one hand, it cuts forward. Yeah. But it also can cut backwards. <laughs> it can do damage and both so ways. So let me keep going. Basically, yeah, the up, explanation Colin. of they it is this. Talking. While you can cut forward... There's also the highly likely chance that you can also inflict damage backwards toward yourself. Okay, like and a two-sided so, gun. Yes, though that doesn't exist. Well, you've got to see my notebook. <laughs> I don't have to see your notebook. Okay, I'd love to but show you my notebook because I have a lot of pretty sketches. detailed drawing. It's pretty good. I got that. I've got some aliens that I could really imagine meeting one day. I do miniatures and a lot of them. Oh, wow. Mm. Like uh, World of Warcraft type stuff? or Yes, I've definitely worked through that oove. Mm. God, yeah. So so that oove is not a word that I was saying 
in high school. Uh, not until even, I think just now, have I really started yeah. incorporating in my vocabulary. Are you going to a, a magnet school? Are you going to a... Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, wow. <laughs> and are you challenged there? No. Wow. So, I mean, you might be just the kind of guy we need. Michael and I are kind of in a pickle right now. We just... Yeah. I'd be happy to help you pro bono. Oh, that's okay. really generous. Okay, so Michael and I recently uh, lost our jobs, and uh, we're, we've been looking for work. And uh, it's tough for writers and aspiring writers. It's hard for men. It's, it's so one hard of the toughest for times for men. I'd say that mm. just by I, looking at no one besides myself. I saw that uh, the TV show. I think it was maybe only on for one episode. Working it, where uh, there were a bunch of the fact uh, two uh, main uh, characters, these men. Mm. Saw that the only people getting jobs uh, were women, and so they decided to dress as women. That's an unfortunate fact of life. Yeah, and, yeah that's uh, interesting. It seems like that could have stretched for seasons yeah, and seasons. And it it came out in uh, like 2012 or oh, something okay. like that, like way later than. Soci- it. Believe it or not, society doesn't like it when you put a mirror up to its face. Yeah, I guess mm. not. That's true. <laughs> so basically, Colin and I are trying to find work while we're waiting for our genius to get acknowledged. Now. You're a high schooler, um, mm. but I'm sure you have so many prospects, both college, afterwards, and then maybe even summer jobs. And you're so much smarter than us, too. And, and more I, powerful. I, yeah, and so I, I think you can just, like, how do we get out there and get uh, get jobs so we can so we can support ourselves while we write? Let me tell you a little story. This is my day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. I wake up. At five in the morning. Holy crap. That's about half as early as I wake that's up. before the sun comes and up. And then at 10. I go back to sleep. Oh, okay. I do that. Yeah, okay. And that does for about 45 minutes. I wish it was longer. But Can okay. I ask why you do that? Because it's peak efficiency. Okay. So you're sort of stimulating your brain and then just charging it back up again. For Have you ever heard of the Iron Man cyclical dormitory sleep cycle program. Yeah, I've heard of Iron Man. It was a pretty Very good different than that. Oh. It was made by brilliant Mensa, brilliant mind Axelrod Rose, an activist based um, out of Philly. So they uh, they created the comic book or No, 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 no. He, I know Axel from Ax- Guns from and Roses. Guns and These Roses. are completely unrelated people. Okay. Okay. They have very similar names. Okay. Okay. Basically, the idea is this. You sleep for three-hour chunks Oh, all day long. Sounds exhausting. No. It charges your body? Yes. Okay. So you wake up at five, <laughs> and then you go back to bed for 45 minutes. And then you wake up again. Okay. At that, that point, you're up. I'm, you're basically up the whole time. Okay. That's okay. what it takes in this world. Wow. Okay. And then, and then at, at some point, we... we what are we doing? We're, hand, we're handing out resumes or how are we getting jobs? No, you okay. need to burn every resume you have. I mean, that'll be pretty easy. I, I haven't really put much down. That's going to be yeah. tough for me because yeah. I, I spent two G's at Kinko's just printing and printing and printing because I boxes full because I never want to be unprepared mm. when the moment strikes. Well, but my resume is mostly just a picture of me. Well, usually I just send PDFs. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Michael doesn't have the computer yet. It's coming soon. They okay. said it got lost in mm, delivery, but it's coming soon. Mm, mm. <laughs> if you want to hear, I was at a pool party and I had my uh, backpack, and in my backpack was obviously my pet turtles, and I slipped right by the pool. It wasn't. Uh, I wasn't at the pool party, but I was cutting through the backyard to get home faster because all of my milk was expiring, and if I didn't get home soon enough to throw it out, shoot! I mean, my whole fridge is going to smell. So I was taking the shortcut through a couple backyards in a rough neighborhood. And one of those backyards was having a pool party for a 50-year-old man and his 100-year-old wife. Don't get me started. That's not my story to tell. So I jump over the, the rough areas in your in your neighborhood. <laughs> Of pools? Yeah, this is in Beverly Hills. I'm cringing hearing this quintessential beta tale. I mean, don't... Yeah, that's probably who I am to a T, but wait, because it gets even worse. So I jump from pool raft to pool raft. I'm talking big inflatable swans. I'm talking about alligator who's long out. My backpack falls off and all the turtles, you know, they're everywhere. Fortunately, my laptop and my iPhone, both of them made by Apple... 
tucked under my arm. Those don't fall. Of course, at the same point, I'm seeing my turtles. They're breathing in chlorine. I'm sad now. So I put them carefully on the side, the laptop and the iPhone, and I dive into the pool. And I pick up every single turtle, and I get them clean. I go into uh, the backyard. I push over the old man whose birthday it is, and I wash off the turtles with the hose. Luckily, you've still saved enough time by cutting through these backyards that you're still you're still good on time. <clears throat> Michael, yeah, let me stop you right fine. here. It's only a couple more minutes. So then I go to say goodbye, and they say, hey, it's no big problem. Do you want a slice of birthday cake? And I say, yes. I go to get the slice of birthday cake. I step on the laptop, goes, and it falls, not into the pool, into the slip-in slide. And it slides all the way down the lawn. And guess what's right behind it is the iPhone. So I call Apple. I complain. I say, hey, these products are not water-resistant like you promised. They said we never promised that. I said, hey, will you repair these for me for free? They say, yes, for the price of a new laptop and a new phone. So it's in the mail. It should be coming soon. That being said, this was not an official iPhone rep I was talking to. Mm. This was my friend Jerry. Michael, right? let me just say, your story belies credulity. Mm. Okay, I'm going to assume. To me, it sounds like a liberal fantasy land. Just another beta male peddling his liberal democratic fantasies of the world. All I'm Being a s- perpetual victim. Victim, victim, victim. Listen, listen. That's all I heard. Hey, whoa, and whoa. then of course I feel attacked. Of course. Uh, well, guess what? That's life, buddy. Well, I feel like I'm melting right now like a little snowflake. Yeah, you are a snowflake. Uh, all I'm saying is that I'm a warrior and I want justice for what a society... A social justice warrior. <laughs> well, yeah, That's exactly put it that what way. you are. Oh, but- and guess what? What? I'm social justice warrior kryptonite. No. I repel them... With my simple karate chop and my mind. Oh, come on, Hewlett. Come on. Please don't use logic against me. Too late. (sighs) All I'm saying is that I I, I feel like Colin and I could get jobs with the skills we have. We want to help people with things like arts and, uh, you know, empathy. And we, you know, we, we have skills. We have talents. We both went to school Michael, you uh, you majored in poetry and minored in real writing. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was yeah. only a seven year program. Yeah. And then this is uh, a liberal wasteland. Oh come on! So and then the last thing I remembered learning was all the states. But then I dropped out in third grade. So, but for get, a good reason. Yeah, I got a full time job at my cousin's lemonade stand. Cool. What do you? I mean, what? What are you? A Twitch streamer? Yes, of course. Okay, so... I play Fortnite. That's my job. Well, you can't get money for that. Yes, I, in fact, I do. You can? I get $10,000 every day from Good streamers. God! Holy shit. Yes. We are doing this wrong. In fact, I have over 15,000 men that follow me and my actions daily. Wow, that's incredible. My- so each one has given you a little bit less than a dollar every day. That's exactly right. Michael, what if... What if we asked if we could work for him? So, um, Colin, let's do this, but let's play it very cool. Yeah, okay, we'll play it cool. Okay. You need help? Oh, yeah. No. Hewlett, 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 Hewlett. Please. Yeah. We are two grown men begging a 17-year-old to let us work for you. But in a very alpha way, which you taught us, begging. Let us work for you, bitch. I don't think that would work out. But Quite we, frankly, I don't think that you two have what it takes to work for me. Oh, we, that's so wrong. Because we have tons of skills. Yes. Are you okay? Uh, I can tear an apple in half with my bare hands. And I know how to make a couplet so bad it'll make you cry. I can keep a secret real good. Do you know how to wield truth and reason like the two daggers of wisdom from my favorite novel, The Quintara? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm very good uh-huh. at, at reason, logic, yep. and truth. Do- double-edged swords. Have you two read daggers. the Quintara? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, as long as there Colin, are no follow-up questions. Well, yes. uh, too late. Here comes one. Fuck. What happens when Elsora, the elven mage weaver, in the book Quintora, is confronted by thirty thousand year old living tree songstay? No options. This no, is the most easy question. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, we can get it. We can get it. We if can you've it. read the Quintara, Which you we have. know yep. what the answer to this Shh. is. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. She sings the song, sings the song of, Elysium of Elysium to awaken the spirit in the tree. tree. And then the tree says... Clearly, I'd like to be you paper have now. not read the Quintara. Uh, we have. We have. My memory's just so foggy and Michael's hasn't developed fully yet. Hewlett. Yes, we lied to you. Yes, we're liberal SJWs. Yes, 
we're pretty big time cucks. But listen, your day to day, we're not saying make us CEOs. No, we will do your homework. You already. I never do my homework. I don't need to. Well, well, if you don't do your homework, you're not going to graduate and go to a good college. Well, I'm not in high school. Probably get in trouble. Wait, did, I thought you said you were in a magnet school. Yes, I am. Okay, Have you heard of Reddit.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've definitely. That's where I get my education. Wait, so you're not going to like a physical school? No, and... I'm not. I got to say, Reddit is full of a little bit of toxicity. No, it's not. Well, just to counter that, yeah, it is. No. Well, now I don't know where to go. I feel like I'm stumped That's by this. That's because logic, you have faced logic for the first time in your life. This is what happens with liberals. Colin, he's so good at debating. Yeah, well, he just says the opposite of what we're saying, and he, but he says it like, kind of like uh, in with a way the, that he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. With the mind of a brilliant Mensa genius, yes. Okay, Hewlett, listen, we're not going to best you at the game of intellectual wit, okay? No. Would begging help? There is one thing that I do need. Okay, okay great, great. great. Yeah, yeah. My mom has stopped cooking meals for me because I have done a number of things that she thinks are not okay. Would love to hear what these things are. <laughs> I don't need to illuminate what these things are. Just one or two. They include certain things that I've said, certain things that I've done, certain things that I've written in emails. Okay, so you're being kind of an asshole to your mother? Well, that's one way to say it. You know, she's that person who cared for you, brought you into this yeah. world, has given you everything. It you... sounds like you're in cahoots with her. No, 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 That's what you yeah. want. No, no. We, so you, you need meals made for you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like mac and cheese and hot dogs? Yes. Okay. Perfect. That, now that's something. But that I also we can... like a variety. Great mac cause... and cheese and turkey slices. Do you know how to make ramen? Yes. yes, we can absolutely yep. make ramen. That is easy. What's the fanciest thing you can make? Okay, we already said make it. Uh, and ramen has already been done. Um, um, Hello Fresh has so many good meals that you can cook. For absolutely Michael. not. Okay. I will not allow that liberal. Would you say that? Because we need that. That's actually one of the few. Into my home. <laughs> okay, uh, let me just say. How about this? How do you like a raw lobster? Claws and all I feel still like alive. I, to be honest, I actually might like that. Yeah, I think you'd really like it. Also, actually, you know what, Colin? I think we can game this okay. SOB. Uh, have you ever tried a little thing called Soylent? The food's so good that it requires such little preparation. It's all about efficiency. It's Tell about me more. maximizing. It is a food slurry like? compound. So uh, you, you don't have to waste time with chewing or Flavor. You I've just get always to... felt that it was a, t- a waste of time to chill yeah, yeah, yeah. and experience flavor. Yeah, so that's one way that we can just quickly knock 20, 15, uh, even 10 minutes out you, of your day. If you got soiling, you wouldn't need your mother anymore. You could go right back to being a dick to her. That is such a brilliant idea. So Colin and I have lots of other ways you can make your life worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, by making it, you know, easier and more efficient and skipping out on things like, you know, let's say you don't want to waste time getting up and going to the bathroom while you're going to reddit.com high school. That's exactly right. We can create a catheter system that goes right from your genitals to the You can bathtub. say penis. Well, this podcast has a certain level of liberal... Liberal strangleholds on no, you? No, no, I was just going to say... <laughs> Holding uh, back the voice box of trailers. Uh, we're, not, we're not talking about uh, strangleholds on penises in here, okay? We're, we're just... We, we need to sort of You're watch... You're 17. Yeah. In some cultures, yes. I, yeah. Okay, great. So if we were to get these jobs, uh, could we talk about titles? I would need you to begin as interns... Free, of course, okay. for college free, credit. A free internship. You, Michael and I are d- dang near uh, pushing 40. Well, We're going to be provide, free I can for... provide housing. Now, this could work because I just yeah. lost my apartment in the... Yeah, and the one that I was talking about is not so much an apartment as much as it is a bus. We will take you up on this. Yeah, okay, great. My mom's basement is quite accommodating. I think that you are so cool. Like, there's just an air about you. I don't you care that's... about being cool. I simply am myself. 
being cool is a byproduct. Oh, man. wow. That's something a cool guy would say. Yeah, you're like if Ben Shapiro was taller. Yes. <laughs> um. Now, obviously, we got salary uh, figured out. We got all yeah, that stuff. Which, which we're hoping that eventually this internship could lead to a paid position. I yeah. mean, if we, if we, you it know. It could be paid by the simple value of understanding the truth of male identity in the world yes yeah and then maybe just some money on top of that would be great Yeah, just uh, real just real money would be. um but then we were talking uh and then with that money maybe a, a title bump we get from you know intern to, to maybe like junior philosopher yeah or just like you know head intern you know baby steps co-head intern well yeah. there is something i do need mm, while okay. i'm streaming on twitch for sometimes upwards of eight hours a day I do, every once in a while, need somebody to bring me a new Monster Energy drink. Absolutely. We, we can do that. That's easy. In addition to food. Yep. Yep. And you, you also have to wear humiliating garb. That's, That's honestly, our, look at yeah, us I mean, right yeah. now. I'm I'm wearing a, a, a bright purple oversized zoot suit right now. And I'm in a barrel. So, well, I think that this might actually be lucrative for all of us. This yeah. is great. Yeah. I, I just got to say, it's so cool to be talked down to by someone who is so young and rude. And it just makes me feel excited for the future that this upcoming generation yeah. is confident and unable to have any sort of introspection. And That's I can't, exactly right. I can't wait. I mean, we have a basement now, yep. so we can do our writing. And I can't wait to overhear the arguments that you uh, and your mother have and just... Try to pretend like I'm not there. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yes, it's going to be hard when you have to overhear someone who is wise beyond his years speaking truth and to power it. and is aware of it keenly. Yeah. just So I, I just want to say, like, this podcast, yes, it's about books. It's about expertise. But also, we can, I mean, we can get real. Mm. Are there, I, I was 17. It's not always easy. And especially if you're going to school online, are there ever moments where you feel isolated or, or times where you feel uh i'm isolated by society sure sure and then so, how does that make you feel like do you want to open up at all it makes me that? feel realized in them in the power of my male supremacy and identity okay so by not being able to join society you feel you feel better because of that or well yes i mean it, it just seems like you've been kind of the way you've been sitting. You've you have your arms crossed. You're uh, you you feel a little closed off. It's you're very rigid. And and while that is authoritative, it also That's makes the posture of the true alpha. But we're just saying if you if you opened up a bit, I mean, you might be surprised at what you let in. You know, it's not well, all just facts. And, let and, me and, tell you a little story. In 2007, my mom took me to a Kundalini yoga class. Mm. It was the most traumatizing experience of my life. Oh, my God. Yes. I don't need to spell out exactly what happened, but I will tell you that I blacked out for a year afterwards. Oh, my. Whoa. A full year? Yes. Because of the bending your body did? There was a lot more that took place. And I'm just going to... Kundalini is... uh, That's sexual? I assume so. Because of the humiliation that I endured. Wow. And well, so you've just been, you blacked out for a year, you came to, and then you've just been closed off to anything? Yes. Wow. I, I just want to say that there's, you know, there's pathways that you can take. You don't have to be stuck in this one mode of life forever. And, and to make mistakes, to change, to grow, to have uncertainty, to be ambiguous, these are all aspects of, of life. And while it can be painful, it's also very rewarding. Unfortunately, I'm tired of hearing your democratic 2020 okay. platform. Okay. Well, you know what? I I'm going to just stifle that down because again, I desperately want this unpaid internship. Yeah, uh, we really need it. Um, but Hewlett, uh, now it's time for one of the segments that we really. Oh yeah. I don't know if we love it as much as we're obliged to do it because we started doing contractually it obligated. Too late mm, to yeah. stop. Um, basically, we just uh, share the title of our upcoming book, and then the first line of said book. Uh, it's just sort of a fun tease to keep the listener excited for a thing that they'll probably never, you know, get. Mm. Yeah. Colin, did you... Um, yes. Here is my uh, upcoming book and the first line from it. The title is The King's Wings and the Royal Skyway. And the first line is... No throne could hold him. 
he had gotten much too fat. Also, this has nothing to do with this guy at all. Wow. Yeah. That sounds tantalizing. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it is just that tantalizing, uh, delectable, delightful. I love a good rhyme. Yes. You spotted it. So I guess it's my turn now, um, which is always fun because I got a little bit of time to remember the book I wrote. Um, this is called, the title is called Midnight Castaways. And the first line, Tim was dead. That much we knew. I could tell from the smell and from poking him. He didn't move. Not even once. Not when I poked him on the belly. Not when I poked him on the eye. Hey, Tim! I yelled into his ear. Nothing. Yep. Tim was dead. And the time? It's freaking midnight. End of first sentence. (laughs) So, pretty good. To be honest, I I actually liked it. Yeah. 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 It was really good. Thank you. It's thrilling. Uh, It's always fun to go second. And our our listeners uh, probably have also noticed a pattern where the the second one is always better than the first. But the third one is a real toss-up. So, Hewlett J. Packard, are you ready? I am. Okay. My book is called My Struggle. Oh, God. (laughs) And this is the opening line. Her breast swayed. Wow. And that's, bam, wow. As I want to read more, because that is, whew, that is hot. That is hot stuff, and I can only imagine what would happen after that. I can't, wait, I can't that. wait to keep reading and find out at which moment I hate this author. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I, if, if her breasts sway, you know there's a complex, fully fleshed out character attached to those breasts. Yes, of course, there is. With a backstory and a family and dreams and goals and ambitions. You'll have to read the book to find out. Well, Hewlett J. Packard, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. Uh, do you have any advice for young, aspiring writers who might be listening? Yes, yeah, seek the truth. It's all online. <laughs> Great, and I would love to. I'd love to say it was a pleasure, but I can't. But I, feel, uh, I honestly feel pretty gross. Yeah, but at least we can say that it was uh, at least uh, in terms of career a smart move to have you on. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me. And that's the end of that chapter. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram dog team and liking our page on Facebook.